action, right? And so the question to ask is, is a session actually serving the client? When they're coming to you with whatever pains or problems or goals or desires they have, is a session going to help them achieve what they want? And the answer is almost never. This is Untapped Power, insights and wisdom for collective transformation in the yoga community. I am your host, Amanda Sturmey, a registered yoga teacher and financial coach working with you to redefine success and gain confidence in your business and in your life. This podcast serves as a sacred space with a new way forward to speak the truth about the yoga industry and to build a business and life that is defined on your terms. Join me for intentional conversations as we navigate the industry and explore the changing path ahead. We will dive into personal challenges, industry improvements, and financial stability, providing you with the tools to expand, grow, and create. I believe one of the greatest gifts we can give to the world is tapping into all of our personal power so we can collectively raise the vibration together. Are you ready to join the conversation? Now let's dive in. This is episode 120 with Joanna Sapir. In this episode, Joanna opens up about figuring out how to make your business sustainable and easy to run. She shares her own experience with this and how she currently works with wellness professionals to have a sustainable business. She talks us through her early integration systems of pricing, packaging, and a sales process, and she breaks down pricing in a practical way. She openly shares marketing approaches, the difference between online business and in-person services, and finding the marketing practices that are most ideal for you and your customers. She shares with us her measurements for success from clients, including ample time for freedom in their lives. She also opens up about the program she offers, her Business Revolution Academy, which is a one-year process, as well as a follow-up to that, her ongoing leadership, membership, and community. This conversation with Joanna, I, it's one of my favorites I've had on the show so far. Her knowledge and expertise on being really practical in the business space is something that is really refreshing if you are someone who already has an established business and you're looking for some support. Uh, I would definitely encourage you to check out Joanna's programs and to see what she has to offer. She even has a special free masterclass that she's offering to our guests specifically. I've included that link in the bio. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Joanna. And again, reach out to her if you feel connected or inspired uh, to have some support in your business going forward. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Untapped Power. I am excited to have on the show today Joanna Sapir, who is a business strategist for holistic practitioners, particularly those that integrate multiple modalities. She specializes, her special ability is in helping practitioners set up repeatable systems and processes in their business to serve their clients more powerfully, enroll committed long term clients, and create steady income and cash flow. She's been a teacher and trainer for more than 20 years, from the classroom to the gym floor, and now to the wellness practices across the world. So welcome to the show, Joanna. Happy to have you. Thanks, Amanda. It's great to be here. Yeah. So let's just start a little bit of how you got into doing the work that you're doing today and really what what that type of work is to give people some context um, 
to get us started. Yeah. I noticed in, in my bio, it said more than 20 years. It's almost 30 years now, if we go back to my adulthood. So I my calling originally was to teach and to teach public high school very specifically. That was what I wanted to do. And I taught high school for 10 years and I taught teachers and curriculum design was my specialty. So never in a million years did I expect to end up in business. Um, I don't, I don't have a background in business or I never did before. And nobody in my family is in business. They're all very school teachery, <laughs> but, um, I had a massive life change, including, uh, leaving the father of my kids, a traumatic birth, um, that just set me on this course of redesigning my life. And in that process, I ended up finding fitness that like really, really empowered me, <clears throat> particularly strength training and ended up like leaving my hometown and moving to a county where I knew no one. And I had two little boys. Uh, one of them was still in diapers. They were really young. And I moved up here. It's where I still live in Sonoma County in California. And couldn't find a place to do the kind of fitness and strength training that I had been doing that had been so powerful in my kind of rebirth and transformation. And so I decided, why don't I create this? And next thing I know, I have a business. I have a, a strength and conditioning gym and I knew nothing about business, right? This was this service that I wanted to provide for people. And that is like so many practitioners in health and wellness. We we have the skills to to serve people and help people, but don't have a business background. And basically within the first year, I hit burnout like that quick. You know, the business, um, I, it's it, it took off. It took off in the sense that people were showing up and it was just me to be there, right? To teach classes and sessions. And I was so worn down and kind of had this wake up call of ending up in the emergency room one day with these symptoms that the doctors couldn't figure out what it was. And I didn't know where else to turn. I just didn't know what, what was going on with me. And I realized when they couldn't figure anything out, I realized that it was stress. I realized that it was like, oh my good, it was just full on burnout, which is what happens if you don't take care of that, you know? Yeah. And so um, I realized I got to learn how to, I mean, people do this, people run businesses like sustainably. I got to figure out how to do this. I got to, I got to, you know, take this apart. And what I discovered that it was, was that it was very much um, utilized, like my background as a teacher and curriculum design, that it was really like designing your business and and creating systems to run it. And so I set about on this project of, okay, I'm going to like, you know, figure out how to make this sustainable and easy to run. And I soon had the goal of saying like, how can I make this run without me in some way? And the thing is, is that it wasn't... Um, I I brought I founded that gym because I wanted the service to exist in my community, but I didn't ever feel like I have to be the one doing it, you know? So 
Um, so I knew I wanted to leave it as some kind of legacy. I knew I wanted it to exist, but I also didn't want it to be taking up my whole life, you know, as it had yeah. been. And so that's what I figured out how to do. And, you know, at some point somebody approached me completely unsolicited and offered to buy it. And at the time I was like, oh, huh. <laughs> and I wasn't ready to sell it then, you know, um, I think when he first showed up, I was like, well, what would I do if I sold it? I'd probably just go start another gym down the street. And there's no point in that, really, I didn't think so. But it did give me this long term outlook of, oh, that's actually what I want to be my exit plan here. That's what I want to do is build this to really be what I want it to be and then sell it. And um, and so that's that's what I set about doing. And before I sold it, I already saw what I knew I wanted to do next, which was help uh, particularly wellness practitioners um, make stronger and more thriving businesses themselves that are sustainable. And I was the client of, you know, multiple people, all different, you know, body workers and naturopaths and folks that were helping me that were just like beautiful, skilled practitioners who either were them too were, you know, totally overworked and often were financially struggling too. It was like their businesses and the outcomes of the business did not match their level of expertise and their skill. Um, mm -hmm. So I absolutely saw the need. So, um, so I started working with folks doing that and then I sold my gym and now this is what I do full time. Amazing. Yeah. And what were some of those systems that you integrated early on in your business that were really helpful? Because, you know, what you're sharing, I think is very familiar. You know, I see it in some of the places that I, gyms I utilize or people I know, I, the same thing that you're talking about, right? Like the trying to handle everything yourself and not, you know, constantly in that dialogue too, I find people of, of being like, oh, I'm not making any money doing this. Like this is frustrating. So what were some of those systems that you felt were helpful to integrate early on? Yeah, I'd say right off the bat. And uh, this is what I recommend to practitioners right off the bat is, you know, three things, your pricing, your packaging, we would call it like how you, how you deliver your services and a sales process. And so I'll start with the sales process and just say that uh, none of us, none of us learn how, what the hell that means. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know if I can say that, but um, I mean, I, you know, I talk to practitioners all, every day and um, folks who are just coming to me, I'll, I'll say something like, what is your sales process? And they'll go, my what? <laughs> right. So, you know, anyone listening, it's like really, really normal if you don't even know what that means. But basically it's how do you get the clients, right? So you may be doing marketing where it's like attracting attention. There may be people following you. There may be people calling you in the instance of the gym. You know, people would show up at the door or they would call or they would email us, contact us through the website. And we had no process. Like if you don't have a process that predictably and is easy for you to implement and predictably converts your leads into clients, then that's a lack of a sales system. So once you put in place a predictable way that takes your leads and nurtures them and turns them into uh, what I say is, you know, high quality committed clients, then that right away is a huge, huge uh, change in your business just financially, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, you start you start actually 
making more money. But on the back end of that is your pricing and packaging. So really, really common in all the fields I work with from acupuncture to body work to um, even online coaching. A lot of folks uh, are, I mean, most people in any of these industries are selling sessions. You buy a session, right? And so the question to ask is, is a session actually serving the client when they're coming to you with whatever pains or problems or goals or desires they have is a session going to help them achieve what they want and the answer is almost never right yeah. and so i mean i remember learning this at the gym which is we would sell these uh you know this arbitrary pack of 10 sessions i mean it's arbitrary that's just like made up you know and not only that, but we'd sell a pack of sessions and you'd get a discount by selling a pack. Like that was kind of the purpose of buying them up front thing. I mean, and is even somebody going to like change their fitness and their health in 10 sessions? No, it's completely arbitrary. So your packaging is really how you design your services to truly get your clients the results they're after. Mm -hmm. And depending on what field you're in, that's, you know, that looks differently but it's almost always a very deep, integrative and long-term approach. Yeah. So, and then of course, pricing your services so that you're profitable. So those three things, yeah, pricing, packaging, and a sales process, first steps that can just be huge, huge wins for your business. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Those are definitely key. And why do you think people have so much challenge around the pricing piece? Because I think you probably notice that with with clients that you have, right? Not wanting to to price too high, and I'd love to hear how you you talk you talk to them about that in their in their own process and some of the things you might recommend that they do to to understand if their pricing is meeting the 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 right needs for their business and their clients. Yeah. I mean, when we get to money, it's like money in a capitalist culture. We are all, we all have money stories and they're all different depending on our class background and how we were raised, the attitudes about it, everything. So, you know, not everybody has the the same issues, but everybody's got some kind of issues with money. It's It's a weird topic. So I actually come at it very, very pragmatically. <laughs> Because the fact is, is that if you own a business, you need to be profitable. Otherwise, this is just like a hobby or something that you're, it's, you know, a, a job that you're, you know, tied to. That's not your own business. And um, so we actually take, take, look, look at the numbers. We just look at the numbers. So I lead people through a pretty simple process that anybody can do, which is, you take your business expenses, you look at all your business expenses, average monthly is easy to do. You look at what you want your take-home salary to be every month. And you look at what your ideal schedule is. And your schedule, you know, I think a lot of people kind of go, well, full-time is 40 hours a week. Well, when you own your own business, you get to make whatever your schedule is that you want, right? So most people when asked, you know, how much do you want to work in and on your business? It's really more like 25 to 30-ish hours a week is what it is. And we actually take half of that for, this is for solo practitioners. So this is not for people who have like a staff underneath them and so on. That's a, a little different scenario, but 
only half of that time should be client facing hours. And that's really different than a lot of folks do. So a lot of folks, what they end up doing is this backwards way of, you know, using their money fears and, and then looking around at what are other people charging and how much do I think people will pay for this? And they make up some price on that. So maybe the like person you look up to down the street is charging 150 a session. So you go, okay, I'm going to charge 120 a session. And then you go, how many sessions do I need to book to be able to make the money I want to make each month? That's this backwards, this backwards approach that actually has you filling your calendar with sessions and trying to get as many sessions as you can to get up to that amount, which is what leads to overworking and burnout. So instead, we reverse that and go at it what I think is the right direction. And again, look at what's your 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 salary need to be, you know, need and want. We can go with both those. What what are your expenses? What are the uh, the client facing hours you ideally have? This is no longer like what do I have to work? It's what do you truly want to be working? And then your profit goals, like your profit margin. And that's a, just a, a numbers calculation. It's just math. Mm-hmm. And what you end up with there is what you, I call it your base hourly rate. So it's what you need to be getting per hour. Now that number, you never actually talk about it or share it with clients or anything. What what you do is you use that number to create your, your programs or treatment plans. And what you're doing is creating the whole, treatment plan. So let's say it's a three-month program or something. And however many times you see them, you're multiplying that by your base hourly rate. And that's the cost, the price of the whole program. So that's the way to guarantee that you are profitable is just Mm -hmm. by starting there. So of course, folks then have to, to learn how to like learn how to sell that, right? And learn right. how to do that, which is where the sales process is super important. And you also have to be, you know, your program programs are really, really helpful in serving your clients at a really deep level. And so you have to know, like, I am providing them the best service I can. And it's absolutely, this is what it costs to do that. Mm-hmm. And what would you say, you know, doing that approach, which you've walked us through, if say the cost was you know, because I think it is important to look around at what people are charging as as far as like market research so that like when you're having conversations with incoming clients, you can be knowledgeable about what's being offered in the area. And I'm sure you experienced that when you had your gym, you know, because you want to know what are other gyms charging doesn't mean you have to charge that, but you want to have the awareness to have conversations with people. So what if that pricing was was like a substantial amount higher or a little bit higher for people. What are those then conversations for those clients? How would you have them, you know, approach those? Yeah. Well, the reality is, you know, I I want to say unfortunately, but the reality is is that the pricing that other people have just is actually totally irrelevant to us. There is such a thing as what's, you know, what is the market mm-hmm. show. Sure. But other people are making up their pricing as well. We don't know what their situations are. You know, I get to see the back end of a lot of businesses. I think you probably do too. Mm-hmm. There frankly are some people who uh, don't need to bring home as much or don't need to make as much for a variety of reasons. Um, there are people who live, you know, I live in a very high cost of living area. It's like my price is going to be very different than uh, somebody who doesn't. So other people's pricing is not actually so relevant. And also it does not correlate with the level of their service. 
it really is just about like if somebody is charging way more, it's generally because they they are more confident in their services. And that's what I aim to get any practitioner that works with me to be. Um, how, how can you design your services so you know that this is amazing for your clients, you know? Um or something else. Oh, since since I keep mentioning the gym, which is so many years ago for me now, but uh, we were profoundly more expensive than it was a new model. The reason I started it was because nothing like this existed then. Now they're everywhere. This is like if you can imagine a small kind of boutique strength and conditioning kind of gym. Now these are everywhere, which I think is great. I think it's good good stuff for people, right? But it was when I first started it, I was charging uh, roughly $160 a month. Well, compared to mainstream gyms that were like $10 and $25 a month, this was totally, totally different. But that actually helps you stand out. I mean, I knew that we were different. I knew that what we were offering was different. And that's who I was, that's who my market was, is people in in my mind, it was people who actually, our market was people who already belonged to a mainstream gym and, you know, kind of couldn't stand like showing up there and like walking around aimlessly at these machines and not knowing what to do and not actually seeing results. And we were, we were doing it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say take pride. If your prices uh, end up needing to be higher, great. What do you need to do to feel great about that and start doing that? You know? Yeah. Thank you. That's, I mean, super powerful. And I appreciate you, you saying that and walking through it because it is, I think it's really hard. It's hard for people to, to get their head around that. So I appreciate you giving some context to it and making it, you know, something that seems like a possibility rather than something that's like, oh, I should be afraid of that, right? Fearful of it. Oh, oh, I shouldn't want to charge more. And, you know, it's, I, it's, it's so important to think about who, who you're marketing to and what you're marketing and your experience and what you're offering and, and your time, you know, using what you've walked us through as your formula to, to understand that it's taking into account your time. And that's a piece I feel like in the service industry where people often overlook that, you know, it's not just usually a session with a client that you're, that's your time. There's so much more that goes into that. And so you have to factor in that time as well. Totally. Yeah. And in the calculations that I was just talking about, the way it works out is you're being paid for all your time. You're not mm-hmm. being paid. It's not the client. Yeah. Time. It's what you're using to be paid for all your time. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just appreciate it because sometimes I feel like it's not, it's not clear, you know, like you're saying, like, it's like some of this, the pricing that's out there is very arbitrary and we can look around and be like, oh, this is what someone's charging. And like I said, I've always felt like it's important just to understand that or just to have an idea, but not necessarily to your point, basing my business model on it, but knowing, okay, if someone were to, you know, just to be able to, I think what's more important is to be able to um, articulate that for yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And so you should know that for you so that you can say that with, you know, confidence to say, yeah. this is what I'm charging. And so my service isn't the same. Yes. We may be offering the same type of service, but that doesn't mean it's the same. Yeah, totally. Um, I'll also say that the right people for you. I mean, when I am working with practitioners and we're identifying, you know, who their ideal clients are always, always part of how they describe their ideal clients is people who are really committed to 
what what they want to achieve, what they want to experience, right? And the people are who who are committed, that uh, money piece of it is both um, both a no brainer. Of course, I'm going to pay for this, and it's actually like this empowering step of commitment to I am investing in myself. They don't think about it as I'm giving you money. They're thinking about it as I'm spending this money on me to experience what I want to experience, to get through this problem or to achieve this goal or to experience this thing. So that is, it's also represents a level of commitment to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. And switching gears just a little bit, when you work with people from a marketing perspective, you know, cause that is a part of you, you know, the, the sales process, right. It's marketing and getting people. So what are some of the ways that your clients look at that marketing, um, you know, from a perspective of, is it word of mouth, social media, how are you, how, what are, what are the approaches that you think are most beneficial to people in the marketing space when they, when they walk into this and they're, you know, starting to look at their business and figure out how to get clients, right. How to figure that out. Yeah. Well, we start with where they're at now and what assets they already have. Um, what's really interesting is that, um, the vast majority, so I work with 50% local in-person practitioners and 50% of them are online. It just always kind of splits out evenly. The in-person practitioners, particularly the kind of body worker types or acupuncturist people who are, who are um, uh, you know, working on really directly on people's health, um, those folks actually have to do very little for marketing because of local SEO is is almost built in these days. You do a little bit of stuff on the back end of your website and you set up a Google business profile. You just learn some really simple tips and tricks there to set that up right. And they're getting calls, right? So when we put in place that pricing packaging sales process, suddenly they're converting those clients into these long-term engagements and they don't need more. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So they're actually getting to their version of full, which we've really decreased from what it had been before and meeting all their financial goals that way. So I just want to note, like some people, they think they have a marketing problem to begin with, or they think they need more leads, but really it's because these other foundational pieces weren't in place, you know? So that's entirely possible. But then other folks, especially if they're online or if they're pivoting or transitioning kind of into a new realm of their services or a new way of doing it, or they're doing stuff that is not so, um, is not the kind of thing that people are searching for, right? Especially in the realms of like energetic or spiritual development kind of stuff. That's not something somebody's Googling, like who can help me do this or something, you know? So those ones don't have that. So we look again at their assets. Some folks already have a database or a list built and are just not using it. Some people have none of that, right? And so we look at their assets, what they already have, and we look at who they are, like what do they enjoy doing? Do they enjoy writing? Do they enjoy speaking? Do they enjoy teaching, right? We take that and then we look at who are their ideal clients and where where are they hanging out? Where are the places for them? So, and devise, I, I really do think that, um, 
I really do think that when it comes to marketing, like it's not a one size fits all approach, but there are some basic systems you need in place. So you absolutely need some way to attract new leads. So SEO is one version. And then you need a way to nurture them. And then you need a sales pipeline to convert them. So we just want to fill those spots. So I already talked about the sales pipeline. Nurturing, I like to do by email. I think you I think you talk about this too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then the attraction side, the new lead generation is again going to your skills and where where your people. So it could be workshops, it could be like in-person local workshops, could be online workshops, it could be workshops that where you're borrowing other people's audiences. So you're looking at where are my people hanging out, where are they going for adjacent services, right? Um, a mentor of mine, Pamela Slim, she talks about it as your peanut butter and jelly. So like, who are the adjacent services that like fit together really well with yours? So here I am talking about SEO. So it's like, I might want to find SEO providers for local wellness practitioners who are doing that already. Right. So there's mm-hmm. my market there. And and likewise, somebody might do the same. Um, uh, podcast guesting, those are all forms of like getting in front of other people's audiences. Um, uh, we generally do not go into paid traffic or anything, um, either ever or until there's a really, really clear um, process that we're, that to take them through. Maybe it's for a particular event or something like that. And again, you need to really know who your people are. So I don't have a, a, there's not a formulaic way where I say all people this and all people this and all people this, but I am a big fan of SEO. I'm a big fan of teaching. I think my, the people I attract and work with are, are very much um, natural teachers and very um, wise and educated and have a lot to teach. So that's very attractive to them. And and you definitely need to design those kind of lead generation activities to be not a delivery of services, but to be a to be teaching your framework, to be mm-hmm. t- to be really teaching like here's the process for my prospective clients to get from a to from point A to point B. And that's what you're laying out for folks and then inviting them to some next step. Yeah. No, I like that. I mean, it is, there isn't a set formula that works for people. I think that's where people run into the risk, you know, of like, if I'm wanting the formula to work and to your point, I love what you said, you know, in, in your, in speaking there around, like, it's not, it sometimes isn't even a marketing issue, (laughs) you know, and it's like the easiest thing I think we can go to, um, because it's, I mean, I, I wonder when you work with people, do you notice that people have um, the same fear like around money that they do around marketing, around putting themselves out there around like, uh, you know, saying like, this is what I do versus like, they, and they are really confident in what they do and they do an excellent job at it. But there's that a little bit of that imposter syndrome or that feeling of like, I don't want to talk about it to everyone or I don't want to be the one that's going out and having to tell everyone what I do. I just want people to find me. <laughs> You know, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's like we turn into these like marketing drones or something. We think like, okay, I'm supposed to market now. And often, often we think it has to be on social media and that I'm supposed to go post on social media and say like, here I am and look how great I am and look at my services. And we go and the marketing drone part that I'm talking about is like, you become this robot and you think you're supposed to sound like a marketer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
like I'm supposed to say this in some certain way. And so taking that apart, first of all, just to back up and say, everyone thinks they have a marketing problem. And so often they don't like it's these other pieces that aren't in place. You know, I mean, the fact is, is like, if you do more and more and more marketing, but you don't have a sales process, for example, your marketing is just like going nowhere. If you don't know how to convert. I mean, I've met people, I've met people who have huge social media followings and are making no money because they mm-hmm. don't know how to, they don't, they'd have no sales process. They don't even know how to, how to do that. So you sure don't want to go down that road. But yeah. um, <clears throat> what I will say about, yes, everybody gets fearful around marketing. And what I will say about it is the, the mindset shift to take is you are marketing is not you coming out and saying, here I am and I'm so great. And here's my services and you should want this. It's like, not that at all. Your marketing and messaging is about speaking to your people, just like you would if you had a client sitting in front of you, right? Who comes and says, I've got these, I've got these issues going on and I want to, I want it to be this way, right? You just speak exactly to that. So you speak to your people and you can even say you, this, you, this, in fact, you don't want to be saying I very much, right? You're speaking to your people and offering them solutions. And I don't mean offering them your services. I mean, showing them what it is they actually need. What are they missing? Mm -hmm. Especially when, um, I mean, in health and wellness, you know, so many of our clients have, um, have tried a lot of different things, right? Or, I mean, what a common story there is of having gone a sort of mainstream medical route to try to solve a problem and been, you know, ignored, particularly women and in women's health, ignored or gaslighted or just not helped. You know what I mean? So to speak to those experiences and and show you understand that and here's what the doctor didn't tell you and here's some missing information that can help you and then invite them to some next step. The next step for your sales pipeline would be a like a free consultation with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all you need to do in your marketing, wherever you are, whether it's a workshop, whether it's on your website, whether it's an email, whether it's in social media, is speak to your ideal client, show them that you understand and give them some hope and inspiration and a step to take. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I know it's it's so interesting because like we look out in the world and we see the ways in which people, again, it goes back to the same thing with pricing, right? Like what are people doing for marketing? Oh, this person has a big following on social media. They're probably making a lot of money. And you're like, you just said, like I've met people that are making no money. And I know people in the health and wellness space that are making a lot of money that aren't even on social media. Like, you know what I mean? Like I know people that, you know, some people that just don't, that's not their thing. You know, they've been at it for a while and they've organically grown and you know what I mean? They're not actually, you know, and you would have no idea. So it's like trying to, it comes back to, I think of like staying in your lane, you know, figuring out what works for you, which you've been, you know, sort of weaving through in this entire conversation that it's your pricing, right? It's your sales process. It's your business. And so when you start to look out and see, and then try to piece in something someone else is doing, that is like a ticket for disaster sometimes. And I know I've been there myself where I'm like, oh, look at what this person's doing. Let me just try that. And then feeling that it's not working and then doubting my own self and what, you know, what could be working. Totally. Yeah. 
I mean, what it's such an important awareness to 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 do that when we when we realize that yeah, we're just copying other people and we don't right. even know if those other people, what they're doing is effective. We think it is just from the outside. And furthermore, when we copy other people, which we do unconsciously, as you're saying, do you know what I mean? It's not like we go right. oh, do what they're doing. It just is in the air and we go, oh, that's how I'm supposed to do it. But then everybody starts to look the same. It's like, no, it's got to be mm-hmm. you. And to your point, absolutely. Like you don't have to be on social media and yet some people really love it. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. Yeah. You know, but it is not a requirement. The the number of people who come to me and say, I want to, I need to be on social media. And they're definitely getting those, those messages from, from who else, but people who teach social media marketing and and social media. I mean, social media makes its money by you you know, the companies make their money by you being on the platform. So they want you right. there. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting back and forth. And when you work with people, how do you, how do you determine measurements for success for your clients? Like what are some of the measurements you use, you know, as you work with people to say, okay, this person, you know, got something from my services, you know, and, and how do I know that to be true? Yeah. Well, there's kind of two main things that people, uh, two main problems that people come to me with. One is um, they're just overworked and over busy. And the other is they're not making enough money. And then often it's a combination of both. There's plenty of other things, but I could kind of lump most people into those things. And so what, what I want is for people to have ample time. I mean, this is just one of my favorite things, ample time for their lives, right? It's like, we're all passionate about the services we provide. So this isn't like, oh, I don't want to work, but you need like your own nourishment is so incredibly important to your business success. I have a client who, um, he graduated from, uh, my program and, um, and at the end, towards the end of the program, I think he said something about how he had started to lose some weight because he actually had time to do, I think it was just taking walks with his wife or something, you know? Anyway, just about two or three weeks ago, I had uh, an alumni call with every everybody who had graduated and I didn't recognize him. Wow. And he, he's apparently lost 75 pounds. And, you know, by no means is that I didn't even know that was a goal of his. I didn't had no idea. That's not something we talk about. You know what I mean? But um, by no means is weight loss something that I'm trying to help people with or anything. But that was a result of him actually uh, having time for himself finally after like being just in his business all the time. So, yes, the time piece. And then when, when it comes to income, um you know, again, I get folks who are working really, really hard, a lot of hours a week and making like, you know, maybe six to $8,000 a month. And I like to see people into in the 10 to $15,000 a month consistently steady as solo practitioners. I also work with folks who have like whole staffs underneath them. And that looks a lot different because they're sustaining a Mm -hmm. staff, but as solo practitioners, 10 to $15,000 a month. And I think that people don't realize that that's even possible that sounds like working a ton of hours, but as I'm saying, like, no, it's totally possible. And, and the thing that people don't know ahead of time, they know people know when they're not making enough money, it's there's, you know, all kinds of scarcity and fear around that. It's a struggle and people know when they're starting to feel burned out, 
what they don't know until they get to that other side and get it is the level of fulfillment, like at the heart level that you experience when your business is serving exactly who you want to be serving, when all your clients are like, you love them all. There's, you know, it's, uh, and they're all getting incredible results. There's a level of fulfillment there that is like, I can't describe it in my own marketing, but that is what, that's what like lights me up when I get to hear Mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And do you, do you work with people into any of those, those issues people face? Because I do feel like with the financial component and the work that I do, it's like making more money doesn't always solve people's problems, you know, because at the core of it, they're, they have patterns and systems that, that aren't, they don't, they don't even understand they're doing it. Sometimes it's subconscious. So the making of more money doesn't actually give them the freedom because they don't know how to utilize it in ways that could, if that Mm. makes any sense. So they actually don't use it in a way to give themselves the freedom. They continue to make bad choices because Mm. they, that's their, that's their pattern. So do you get into that with people at all to, you know, see that, or do you see that happening at all with any of your clients as they, you know, they get to those places and it, they feel like they may still, you know, not have it in control or feel like they're not, you know, able to have the amount of freedom that they want. Um, I have to say, that's a really interesting question. And no, I haven't run into that, Mm. which I kind of have two thoughts about that and why that may be. One is that it's not like they're making more money just because we raise their prices. That's, that's not what's happening here we're we're rebuilding and remodeling their businesses from the ground up and i think that probably that process that we go through that which includes like why do you do this work mm-hmm. what are your core values what is most important to you in your life and then you know what is it that you do want to be spending your time doing like in your life i think all the steps that we take to get to that to, to that result of that kind of income, I think probably has taken care of those issues. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody who wins the lottery, like Mm -hmm. you hear that all the time, right? People Mm -hmm. who win the lottery and then just kind of lose it all, spend it all and it's all gone or whatever. So it's not like that. They've gone through such a process to get there is one thing. And then what was the second thing? I might've forgotten it. And it might. Come okay. <laughs> yeah. No. I think that's what that's what I was getting at. Like I, I'm. You know, it's great. I think you, to your point, doing that work is in the process of uh, with their business is helping to understand that because it is so critical. I think if we, you know, I think that's where if the only goal is to get that amount of money without doing that process or that work that you're referring to there is that downfall of making that be the ultimate outcome versus what you're talking about is why are you, you're doing it so that you can understand what actually brings, you know, what's going to bring you more freedom within yourself and what do you value within yourself? And that at the core may involve more money and that's going to give you that. And that's great. Yeah. Yeah. You, you explained it better than I did. Yeah. I remember the other thing was yeah. just to note, like, I think money stuff ends up like in Maslow's hierarchy of needs is like the lowest. It's like a safety and security issue. 
And so I wouldn't say that any, I don't know any health practitioners who are like, I'm here to make a million bucks. So it's like, people aren't driven by that. It's just the safety and security of, yes, I'm able to provide for my family and put away money for Mm -hmm. retirement, et cetera. And I think that when that safety and security level is taken care of, that's where we are able to write, like live in those Mm -hmm. higher, higher orders and particularly that self-actualization piece, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so I'd love for you to just give us a little breakdown of sort of the programs that you offer. So people listening, you know, to our conversation today, if they're interested in working with you, what, what they could do or where, where they would go and what direction um, and who that particular person might be. Cause we have a lot of people listening that are yoga teachers or studio owners or healthcare practitioners to your point. Um, so I'd love for you to, to explain that a little bit. Um, yeah. your, your clients. Thanks for Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, so just like I teach, I teach practitioners like what's the what's the best, you know, who are your ideal clients? Who do you love working with and that sees the best results from your services and they they light you up, you enjoy them so much. And what is it that they truly need? So I've done that process myself. And so my program actually is very, uh, it's very comprehensive. So it's a year long. My front facing program is a year long program. It's called the Business Revolution Academy. And it is essentially a, a redesign and remodel for existing practitioners, whether they're solo or uh, or have or a studio owner or have a, a practice of, of practitioners underneath them. So I work with movement therapists, yoga teachers, for sure, yoga studios, Pilates, all of that, Um, acupuncturists, therapists. um, I mean, I even have some outliers that others wouldn't consider in health and wellness, but they find their way to me and they're perfect, which is like I have a divorce mediator right now and um, and a musical performance um, coach. Um, so some of these that are, that they're still transformational services. That's what I would say, right? Transformational services. And so people, so I work with people with existing businesses, established, established businesses. Some of them have only been in business for, you know, two years, one to two years and have already gotten very busy and kind of see like, uh, this is not so sustainable. And then some people have been in business 10, 20 years and then everything in between. And so what we're doing is, is what I find is that these folks just very often don't have the foundations or, you know, if we think of a foundation of a, of a house, that's one way to think of it. Or another way to think of it is like the roots of a tree. So they got lots of branches (laughs) coming off a trunk, right? But like, there's no roots really holding it in place. And that's the first thing we do is establish those roots. And that goes to what I was just talking about before their values, their core values, their purpose, their intentions, and even what their vision is for the business long-term and a potential exit plan. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't necessarily need to know that right now, but at least to start thinking about it, depending on their age, like how is it that I want this to exit this business or how is this business going to end if it's going to end? And because that really the long-term view is what helps us make those decisions around what is it that we're building here and how is this going to go? You know, some folks as solo practitioners never want to have anybody else working with them. They just want to be solo. And some people really envision, you know, a practice that can run without them or a studio that can run without them. Um, So all of that depends on your, your vision. And then we start building those pieces the we build their frameworks around like who are they really here to serve and what does that look like? 
And um, I love this work because um, like you read in my bio that, uh, you know, it says I specialize in, in people who work in multiple modalities where the longer you've been in business and working with people, the more likely it is that you've, you've taken this certification or this training, right. And you're bringing in all this stuff. And so I love helping people integrate those right into your services instead of offering some kind of separate sessions where it's like, Oh, do you want this? Or do you want this? Well, our, that's not for our clients to, to decide, right? That's for us to give them what they actually need. So integrating all the stuff that they do into programs is really how I think about it. Or depending on what kind of uh, practitioner it is, it could be called a treatment plan. Some people just say packages, but again, these are really carefully designed containers um, designed to take people through particularly pro- to particular processes to particular results. Right? Mm-hmm. Great. And then we build the sales system and then we build the marketing strategies. And so the, in the first year, that's, that's what we go into. And then when people graduate from that program, um, they can apply for our next level, which is called the leadership cadre. And that's for practitioners who have already implemented all those first level systems and are now like really growing into the future, scaling, systematizing, automating, um, uh, really building profitability and just kind of advance, really advancing their business. So first level one is the put the foundations in place, the roots in place, you know, make sure the roots are there. And level two, I would say, is growing, growing the leaves and the flowers and yeah. all the other stuff, you know. Um, and so in that, so the first one is just a one time, one year. And in the leadership cadre, it's like an ongoing membership and community. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so people stay in there for years. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that's, yeah, ongoing support. Nice. And do you work with people one-on-one too, or do you just do the accelerator and the leadership? It's a hybrid. So I work okay. with everyone. Yeah. Oh, within both, the program. Both, both levels of the program have one-on-one with me. They okay. are also in groups. So okay. it's, it's both. So it's a combo, yeah. which is yeah. beneficial too. I'm assuming people probably learn so much from each other and Yes. I mean, that's something I discovered uh, several years ago. I think I was, even though like in the, when I ran a gym, I saw perfectly well how incredible community was for people's progress in, in their fitness. Somehow when I started this business, I really thought one-on-one was superior. And then I sort of naturally started bringing my clients together into some shared, shared meetings when I was Mm -hmm. teaching the same thing and just saw that when they get to be together, they just, there's so much more momentum behind what they're doing. So I actually really think that having community is superior to just, mm-hmm. just working one-on-one. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's so powerful. So anyone listening, I definitely will include all the information for the work that Joanna is doing in her uh, programs. If you have a business that you're running and just need a little more support and want to take it to that next level. Um, I do want to to wrap us up with one question I always ask all the guests on the show of what you believe your personal untapped power is or what the collective untapped power is. And if you're not already accessing it or we aren't, how could we get there? Ooh, that's a rich question. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so I think that... Um, I, I tap this power a little bit and I think that there's so much more to go. 
and definitely collectively i think that our the the systems of our world like squash this so it is definitely collectively an untapped power but is um knowing how to truly read our own intuition and um and that's you know people can get confusing messages there if they don't know how to do that like we can have you know fight or flight response and somehow interpret that as intuition. And sometimes it is, you know what I mean? And sometimes it's not, but I think that magic happens when you are able to, uh, I know that magic happens when I am able to truly um, go with uh, my gut is how I think of where it is and follow Mm -hmm. that and not actually let my, my, my head brain stop me. Mm, Beautiful. Well, thank you. Thank you for your, for your time today and sharing the work that you do so valuable. I think it's, you know, immensely valuable and I'm just grateful to have connected with you and to be able to share, share your message with our community um, and people out there listening who may be able to benefit from your services. So thank you for taking the time to, to be here. Thanks so much. Thank you. for Thanks for having me. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to offer to people before we go? Anything, you know, to our audience or any ways that people will include all the ways people can get in touch with you, of course, but yeah, wait, I actually have a free masterclass to offer your folks. Perfect. Um, And so this is a a full teaching of um, the systems that I was talking about, but it goes more, more in depth and um, yeah, it's a, a masterclass and it's called the Client Champion Formula Masterclass. And that's at joannasapier.com slash untapped. And so- Okay, perfect. Yeah, and I have that link. So I'll include it for everyone to to access as a special gift. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. I'm going to. <laughs> so thank you. Um, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you for joining this week's episode of Untapped Power. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review. I would love to hear your insights and wisdom. If you are a yoga teacher interested in being a participant on the podcast, please reach out directly. I am always looking for new voices and perspectives. As a financial coach, I work with clients individually who are in the yoga industry and are looking to gain clarity and awareness around your finances. If this is you, then reach out to schedule your free connection call. All information can be found at amandastroni.com. As always, continue to stand confidently in your power, use your voice, and allow your heart to be free. Until next time.